Hey everyone, it's the Get Cynical Season 2 finale. Uh, we are excited to be done with this season because it has been an absolute nightmare talking about YouTubers for past couple months of my life. Usually half a year, yeah. Yeah, um, I've learned so much. It's been, <laughs> <laughs> it has been a horrible time watching Fred and Shane Dawson get up to all these shenanigans. And uh, we knew... When we started this season, we knew we had to do this one and we had to save it for last because this is the big one. This is the one guy that kind of got out of the YouTuber ghetto. Mm -hmm. And um, like him or not, uh, it's pretty obvious why, especially compared to the other guys, why he became <laughs> famous. Because sometimes you just watch a video or you see someone in a movie or a TV show or something and regardless of whatever you think about them you just say in your head oh this person's going to be famous this person is like going to be famous like now and uh that's the vibe i got watching the videos of bo burnham um esther <laughs> on the other hand uh you've got a little bit of an interesting history with bo burnham um Jesus. what 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 do you think about uh what do you think about bo burnham so the thing with eh, my thing with Bo Burnham is I I had never watched anything he had made I don't think um for like a very long time I think it's you know like a lot of these guys I'd seen him referenced and stuff um but I never watched his videos and God it was only last year it was last year that that fucking Netflix thing inside yep. came out which we will talk about at some point yeah probably for like a Patreon episode or something. But yeah, we, we'll table we should. that for now. We'll table that for now. <laughs> We're I gotta have to reference it at least a little bit just because it's so key to what I find so fucking loathsome about him. Yeah. Um But yeah, I fucking hated it. It made me so mad. Um I think he's a really he just he came off so badly doing the fucking woe is me, I'm so rich and famous, but I have imposter syndrome shit. Uh, I, I can't stand it. It is like nails on a chalkboard to me. Everything about this man is just, uh, I just hate it like viscerally. Um, and people got really mad at me <laughs> for saying that about inside for saying that I like, I don't believe Bo Burnham is, is really mentally ill or whatever I said. Um, that, you know, that yeah. anxiety is, is fake or whatever I said, but, yeah. um, you know, I still do believe it. And, Doing this episode, sitting down now and watching these videos and watching the movie we're going to talk about, um, I still hate him very strongly. Yeah. Uh, so my history with Bo Burnham is this. Um, he was kind of unknown to me. He was one of those people like John Mulaney, who is a lot better of a comedian. Oh, yeah. Side <laughs> note, but, um, but he was one of those people like Mulaney, who I heard about him a lot in the background, but never really got like you know i never really uh sat down and watched his stuff and in college a friend made me sat sit down and watch um a couple of his stand-up specials i think or something and i didn't like them i i tried my best since i was being a good friend but i just could not click with them at all but i was still like you know yeah this just isn't for me and then i saw the movie we're talking about today, eighth grade, at um the Boston premiere. It was at IFF Boston, and 
if you've ever been to a film festival or something, you know that there's like a certain like weird like wizard spell that they cast on you when you go to those things. And like just the dullest movies can seem amazing just because you're in this like packed theater. No one in the theater has seen the movie before. There's usually someone involved with the movie doing a Q&A afterwards. And Bo Burnham and Elsie Fisher did a Q&A afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a really fun experience because it was a like a two-story auditorium that was completely sold out and there was like a certain magnetic energy there which i thought was really cool and that turned me around a little bit on him but then i never really followed up on it and then the inside special came out and i caught a little bit of that while i was lying on the floor at my at my friend ty's apartment and uh i didn't like it very much but Mm -hmm. not quite as viscerally as esther but i was like yeah this is kind of kind of lame but um and, uh, yeah, that brings us to today. I hadn't seen any of his YouTube stuff. In fact, I don't even think I knew he was a YouTuber until, like, around the time 8th grade came out. Um, this was my first experience with his YouTube stuff. Uh, I, I guess I just kind of missed him. And uh, this was also my uh, this was my chance to revisit 8th grade since I was very afraid that it wouldn't uh, <laughs> wasn't going to be as good as I remembered it. Which it wasn't, but we'll get to that later. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't have the. I, he's not a nemesis to me in the same way as Esther. <laughs> I, I find him to be a extremely talented guy who is using his talents to questionable aims. I think he is has a lot of strengths as a joke writer and as a comedian and even as a musician to some extent. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have mixed things to say here, to say the least. <laughs> To say the least. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about those YouTube videos. So I just went through his YouTube channel and I just clicked on a couple of random ones. I wanted to get the ones like from before he was famous specifically. I wanted to get some of those since I wanted to see what like a scrappy DIY uh, Bo Burnham looks like. And the one we the one that I wanted to hone in on specifically was one that uh one that he did. I think that he like submitted a couple places. This was way before he was famous and it was shot on what appears to be the Inland Empire camera. It was, um, it was called My Whole Family. And it's a video of him in his room uh, singing a song about how his whole family thinks he's gay, but he's not gay. Now, this is about as concentrated fucking 2009 as you can get. It is like It is just a pure, uncut slice of fucking poker face, iPod touch, doodle jump level 2009. <laughs> and I gotta say, this is... Uh, definitely the uh, the funniest of the videos we watched by far, in yeah. part because it is pretty problematic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, you know, re- really bringing the whole season together the way that his early videos that he later had to weepily apologize for in Inside, um, yeah. where he's just saying, like, yeah, my whole family thinks I like cocks, but it makes me, you know, like, that's just the whole joke. <laughs> that's, yeah. like, it's not funny. I didn't laugh at the video, but it is definitely the closest that he comes to, like, a comedic concept that I could have laughed at in another universe where it was well executed. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of the other videos, as he goes on and gets more famous, just get so much worse. Even though the early ones are still a little, like, you know, maybe not quite grimy. edgy, but, like, yeah, like, you know, it's, the, there's yeah. AIDS jokes and jokes about child molesters and like just all the yeah. shit that which all these by the do. way go back to that by the way because those jokes <laughs> are so much funnier than 
I'm so famous, but it's kind of sad sometimes. Yeah. Um, this guy does acoustic guitar songs about climate change now. Like, yeah. please, but No, please go back to... Return. Back to the, go back to the stores. It's like, I got AIDS at the Asian store today, or whatever. <laughs> um, he... So we watched that one, and I was... That one and the uh, rap that's called I'm Bo, I think... I think it made it clear to me what his strengths are, because... In those two videos, uh, specifically because those videos were, I think, before he was famous, uh, it was definitely, like, he, he was definitely blowing up a little bit, but it was before he was, like, you know, like, famous, famous, like he is now. There is, like, a density of jokes in there. There's, like, so many jokes just stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, if they're not funny, they are really clever. They're really well written. They flow together nicely. Um, I don't like this guy rapping just aesthetically but (laughs) if you know getting past that i think that he he he, like the like just stacked on top of each other all of these jokes are really clever and it kind of made it clear to me i think what my problem with him is and we're going to talk about this more as we get into eighth grade and the later videos um i don't think this guy should be doing musical comedy i think musical comedy is not his strong suit because Mm -hmm. here's the thing i esther you might disagree with this i think in terms of writing jokes, just like writing out like jokes, I think he's really good at that. I think he's really good at that, and I think it makes sense that he got famous doing that. The problem is he's kind of doing it in service of like these kind of piano ballads and like piano ballads that like don't really lend themselves to I mean, musical comedy in general is kind of like a bad art form. Just in general. <laughs> like like what good musical comedy is there? There's like Neil Sasirga, maybe the Lonely Island. But like some Weird Al stand weird, up for Weird Al, Weird Al at some points probably yeah. yeah. But the rest of it, I mean, maybe Fly to the Concords or something. But like, it's hard because you have to write a good song. Like you can't yeah. just write a funny song. And Bo is not a particularly good songwriter. No, like half the shit in Inside um, is just like uh, every song in Inside. The chorus is just him repeating the title of the song over and over. <laughs> Like, yeah, he can't write a song. He can write a joke, though. Yeah, and a lot of these songs, you know, they follow like really similar like chord patterns and stuff. And like, I don't want to be a dick about that, since like you know, it, the the jokes are the point. But like, if you're going to have music, the music needs to be good. And the music here is not good. And it kind of highlight. It also even it's hard to do um, well written jokes if you're rapping them. Since mm-hmm. I think he kind of. Uh, handicaps himself too because like if he just found a way to deliver all this stuff in like the i'm boyo rap like a just like a standard joke which why i like eighth grade a lot spoilers it would probably work a lot better but as it stands um as it stands he's doing it in this format that is not really it doesn't play to his strengths and again it doesn't play to anyone's strengths because musical (laughs) comedy is impossible it is so fucking difficult to do it's difficult for anyone to fucking do that. Like, even some of the most talented people alive would fucking struggle with it. And, yeah, it, it, it just, he's he can't quite bridge the gap into that very rarefied level. At least, obviously, most people disagree because this motherfucker's famous. But, mm-hmm. for me at least, he cannot bridge the gap into that, like, very, uh, that island, that lonely island, if you will, of so people true. who can do uh, musical comedy well. And yeah, these yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And these are the videos that I kind of liked, uh, the ones that <laughs> made me really mad. There was one called Words, 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 which was like, oh, Ugh. fuck this. I got to yeah. shut my... This one is like all edginess, no cleverness. It's just like, damn, I'm feeling like a black guy the way I got AIDS or whatever. <laughs> and... Oh man, it is so it and it's got the rapping and it's got one of those tacky clip art videos from 2010. It's it's tough. It's so tough. Yeah, the clip art's funny though because like if you saw that in 2010, you would absolutely be like, "Holy fuck, how did he do this in yeah. his bedroom? He did all this." <laughs> yeah, this on guy's his freaking a computer. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's 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 hard to like put yourself back in that mindset. Obviously, now it looks incredibly tacky and corny and shitty. Not yeah. even in the sense of like it's low rent, but just like it's 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 dumb, <laughs> like it looks stupid. Um, yeah. But no, it, it is. That's why he got famous, right? Like he is the guy who is putting of all the guys we've talked about, he is putting like maximum effort into everything oh he does. God, so much, yeah, no, so okay. much more so than anyone else we've talked about Again, this season. Even the parts of the stuff he does that I hate, I see this guy and I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense why this guy blew up and none of the others didn't yeah. like it makes so much sense not only is he putting a lot of effort in he's also just like flat more talented than like I mean, everyone yeah. else we've talked about absolutely except like for maybe yeah freddie but wong except for maybe <laughs> freddie wong he is leaps and bounds more talented than like everyone else we fucking talked about he absolutely is there's no there's no question about it like no none whatsoever um which is makes it which makes it like a funny that like he's the one who actually did break out because that's not always yeah. how it works. Yes. Um, but, I mean, we could, we'll could we talk about how 8th grade happened. But, like, it, he did kind of just bully his way into making that movie. Um, yeah. Well, respect, honestly. I mean, respect. yeah. No, seriously. Like, that's what you need to do to hard. get a movie made. Yeah. 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 You basically need to bother and annoy people for years, basically. Yeah. If you you need to be the most annoying made. person you would never want to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, uh-huh. what is it? And then there's the uh, "Art is Dead" song, which we also oh, talked yeah. about. That and fucking sucked. This, this is what. Okay, I think so. He writes jokes I don't like, or writes songs I don't like. That's fine, you know. That's like even like musicians I really like. Um, you know, musicians whose politics I agree with, like Morrissey. Um, what is <laughs> it? You know, he writes some bad songs every now and then. He's a very funny guy. By the way, I like to. A friend of mine pointed out. Bo Burnham kind of has like sort of like a wholesome Morrissey thing going on a lot of the time. Like he's got the whole like, woe is me. I'm such a fucking, uh, you know, I'm so sad. But, you know, Morrissey is like this racist British gay guy. Just like genuinely, genuinely an insane person. Where Bo Burnham, it's like all from the comfort of his like house in L.A. And I think that a wholesome Morrissey that's a that's a contradiction. We don't want that. It sands the edges off of him, basically. But the artist dead video is what I'm talking about when I say this because he he writes this song about how fame's bullshit and how oh the budget I use for all of my stand up specials could go to poor people instead. And I don't think there is a way to do this type of self hating rich guy shit at all. I think you have to be like completely insane in order to pull it off. Like I think you have to be like. Like, you know, a Kanye level having a manic episode in front of millions of people in order to be it's like, damn, your life does yeah. kind of suck. Did you, by speaking of which, did you, we don't think you, we watched it for this episode. I did. The uh, the Kanye rant bit of his Make Happy special where he does, no. like, he ends that show with a explicit parody of when Kanye was on the Yeezus tour and he would just, like, 
do an auto-tuned rant about Walt Disney for 20 minutes. Um, and it ends yeah. with his, like, doing the exact same shit that he does in this song of, like, uh, you know, I want to make my fans happy, but I want to be true to myself, and I have yeah. anxiety, and I don't know what to do. Like, it's just the same shit. Like, uh, my whole being a performer sucks, yeah. and I hate it. There's this, you know, I, I think that they're in this whatever it's i forget the name of it the song we're talking about <laughs> fucking or um, dead yeah, yeah yeah there's the line where he talks <laughs> about like um i'm addicted to attention and i get paid for my habit like that line i think encapsulates something that is kind of interesting and i think i wish that like more of what he was doing focused on that idea of like man it sucks that i have kind of locked myself into this lifestyle where um, I have to indulge things that are bad for me, like, yeah. in order to live. But no, all of his yes. songs are self-pitying about, like, it sucks to be rich. <laughs> like, yeah. it sucks to be popular and have expectations. And, you know, it's in, being rich sucks, but I'm not going to do anything about it because I'm a bad person. But I know that I'm a bad person. So maybe yeah. I'm not like, it's just it's fucking interminable. Yeah, you have to be, again, you have to be, like, an insane person like Kanye or Morrissey to make that shit work. Yeah. Um, you have to be, ac- you have to have, like, actual personality disorders. Yeah, no, 100%. You can't just have anxiety. You need to be, like, an insane person in order to make it work. Yeah. Um, But Bo Burnham, so he's got a bunch of stuff we could have talked about. We could have talked about one of his stand-up specials, aside from Inside. I know a lot of people really like Make Happy. Um, I have a friend who... Whenever he logs that on Letterboxd, I send him a message that's like, man, you doing okay? Or whatever. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we decided to talk about 8th Grade in part because I really like 8th Grade. Like, I like it quite a lot, honestly. And I wanted a chance to kind of embarrass myself because everything we've talked about this season, including the stuff we had positive things to say about, like... It was often with the kind of caveat, it's like, it's good for what it is, whereas I, like, genuinely really do like 8th grade. But I I also just thought it would be the most interesting one to talk about, since this is his, you know, a stand-up special and a movie are different things. Like, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's cool that he got, like, you know, a deal with, like, Netflix or whatever, but making a movie is much harder than getting, you know, a stand-up special. And so it's, it's even you... much harder than making the movies that we've talked about, like, so far. Yes. Like, this is a real movie, and it feels yes. weird to be talking about a real movie on this show. No, this is a actual movie. This is not, like, a scrappy, like, independent production, like, video game high school or something. Like, this is this is a real movie with real professionals involved. And unlike the PewDiePie thing, which also had a bunch of professionals involved, it's used to, like, ends that... it. it it feels real. The end product feels real too. Like not mm-hmm. only is there a bunch of genuinely really talented people working on it, like industry people working on it, but also the end product doesn't feel like it was like beamed in from a mirror world. It feels like a real movie. Yeah. And I mean, the most important difference is that unlike, I think literally everything we've watched this season, Bo Burnham, well, it's tough because on the one hand, Bo Burnham's personality is not in this movie. Yeah. Like he's not, he doesn't appear on screen. Um, it is not in the same style of humor or tone or even like necessarily themes of his other videos, which are much yeah. more, you know, wacky or just about himself. Um, but on the other hand, Bo Burnham is very much a part of this movie and his perspective is like very much informing 
what is happening on screen in ways that i definitely had some trouble with um so it's it it definitely it's an it's going to be an interesting contrast it is yeah it is weird that this movie exists well you said that there's a story about how he got it made do you have like any like details there since i did not know i just remember just hearing about it getting played at sundance that's like the first i ever heard of it i think it's basically i mean the thing that i remember hearing is basically that just like he had the script that he had been working on for a while um it was based on like he saw a girl who in alone in a mall taking selfies like literally and he was like damn that makes me think um (laughs) damn but no the main thing is just that like he really like pushed a24 and um i think it's like scott rudin or whoever to like to let him direct because he had the script but he's like no i really want to direct and he like (laughs) he read Sidney lumet's making movies basically (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in order to teach himself how to make a movie which is very funny yeah um but it's just like it is that kind of like you know we talk about ambition a lot on the show but it's not just ambition it's like an actual drive to actually do something as opposed yeah. to like a lot of the guys we talk about are just kind of coasting on their internet success to make something that will be big for internet people but this is like a real movie and he actually like successfully let people make it let him make it like actually make it yes and he yeah he basically got to make this like on his own fucking terms i mean it's an a24 it's an a24 movie so it's got like a budget of like you know three million dollars or whatever but like within that framework he he basically got like a blank check and i don't know how he did it i don't know who he had to fucking dangle off a a roof like (laughs) shug knight or something but yeah i I, I, I'm glad that he got to do it on his own terms because, again, I wish I hadn't given this away. I do really like eighth grade, and I was worried that revisiting it in my apartment with my girlfriend playing guitar in the background would uh, sour me on the movie. And I have more problems with it than I did when I saw it in um when I saw it in 2018. But I was. Quite surprised, I still really like this movie a lot. It is still comfortably on my best movies of 2018 list still. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll, let, I'll let you the floor since I shrieked with laughter when I saw your 2.5 stars <laughs> on Letterboxd. 2.5. Wow, that is... It, I was trying to be kind because like... No, that is that was so much higher than I expected <laughs> it to be. Like I was ready to wake up and be like half star and i'm like oh here we go again and i saw two and a half stars so i'm like what the fuck (laughs) no listen there are there are things about this movie that i do genuinely like i like um the active shooter drill scene is pretty funny um in a way that's like it is not sort of like torturously fucking uh commentary on the on the moment we live in or whatever it's just like a joke basically that that, that lands um i think that the scene with her dad when they're burning the box at the end is like genuinely very touching and very moving yes um just like great and there's one general fucking mvp of this goddamn movie oh yeah he's He's so so good good. (laughs) yeah yeah um but no yeah like overall i found it like everything about social media in this movie is completely insipid um yeah like all the whole shit where like the scene where it's playing Orinoco flow while she's scrolling through every website and it's like, Oh, she's fucking hypnotized by online. It's like, Man, shut the fuck up. This is so anytime 
you know, someone tries to comment on the ways that the internet is bad for young people, it just comes out so stupid. Um, Even though the internet is probably, like, definitely bad for young people in important ways, but it's, like, it's not bad because they'd be on their damn phones uh, all the time at dinner and not listen to their dad. Like, it's bad for much more dark psychological reasons that I don't think this movie is really prepped to get into. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... We'll get to that later, but the the social media stuff I was a lot more forgiving to than you because uh, the I am only like four or five years older than Kayla is in like you know when when this movie came out I was only four or five years older than she was um, and a lot of the social media stuff regardless of what type of commentary it was making this was just like my life at the end of middle school and in early high school like this like. Just this, like, like it really did feel like I was being transported back to high school in a certain way because just all the shit with, like, Snapchat stories and, like, stuff that people don't care about anymore, like, that too, but also just social media in general. Like, it was from this very specific era of social media. I don't know why. I just, like, it, it, it really did feel like more than anything else I'd ever seen capture what it was like to be a... Someone who wasn't quite raised on the internet, but someone like had way too much internet exposure, basically. Someone who someone who couldn't remember a time without the internet, basically. And a lot of the stuff in this, like that scene where she's looking through everything, you could make the case, yeah, it's kind of like doing this, like, oh no, uh the so bad like, you know, it's bad for her. But I was just kind of thinking it was like this was like every sunday night for me in middle school and high school basically just browsing through fucking instagram or whatever just all of these things i fucking hated but i felt obligated to be a part of i it did like strike a chord with me really and also a lot of this just generally strikes a chord with me too like uh just the the aspect of being i don't know it's on the outside of you know certain social circles obviously it's a little bit different than this movie portrays. I never went up to the popular girl and called her mean. So that that is one of the <laughs> worst parts of the movie is when at the end of it, Bo feels the need to kind of tie a bow on things. So he like has her like tell off the popular girl or something. And he, yeah. she, he gets this big speech. And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't happen at all. And if that did happen, then everyone would be like, dude, you're a fucking weirdo for that. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> but no, a lot of this movie, I felt like I, I, I felt kind of, you know, when everyone it came out and everyone was giving shit to it, basically, I was like, well, you know, everyone on film Twitter is like 35. So uh, <laughs> you all just don't understand what it's like to be like this. But at the same time, it's not like I, I don't know why this movie got made fun of by hipper people than me. Um, but at the same like this movie was very, very popular on film yeah. Twitter. Like... I, I think there's only a couple film Twitter. Yeah, no, they, like there's a couple people. There's no one film box. Twitter. There's no one <laughs> film Twitter. There's like no, yeah. There's like for sure. there's like <laughs> film Twitter that's like populated by I'm pretty sure exclusively by like Sims characters that just post clips <laughs> all the time. And then there's like you know your weird circle of friends or whatever. And then there's you know my own circle of friends. Like there, there's just a bunch of like intermingling social groups basically and. The social groups I mingled with were lightly positive to negative on eighth grade, I will say. And I was probably the most positive out of everyone I know that wasn't like a high school friend. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting definitely to get the perspective of someone who is currently 15 years old um, about, <laughs> about the film. Um, as a 50-year-old woman, obviously it won't resonate with me in certain ways. Um, yeah. I do, but you know, I, the one thing that struck me, so I have a sister who's 13 years old, right? Um, yes. And when I was reading the Wikipedia page for this movie, I saw a quote from Bo Burnham where he says, he's, he decided his protagonist would be female after watching YouTube saying, the boys talk about Minecraft and the girls talk about their souls. <laughs> Which is, first of all, very funny. That is a really funny bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, my sister talks about Minecraft, actually. All she talks about is Minecraft YouTubers. <laughs> That's like, fair. I, I gotta say... Just, you know, yeah. I gotta say... Um, yeah, that, that is true. Uh, I think the main reason why I still really like this movie is that it's really funny a lot of the time. Like it, uh, let's see, I'm trying to go over the bits of me. Everything with the dad is pretty hilarious. Like every, like he, he, the scene where they're at the dinner table together and she's just like being this, just like, you know, teenage ball of hostility, basically (laughs) just like saying, shut up, dad. And he's just being like inhumanly patient with her and it's just even like kind of using it as an extent to just be like a cheesy dad or whatever is so goddamn funny he is so fucking like it is so good and i think the scene that made me fucking die laughing the hardest was after the active shooter drill which is also a really funny scene uh she like goes onto youtube and googles how to give a blow job and then she changes it to how to give a good blow job i don't know why that <laughs> fucking killed me actually there there was a one joke in that scene that is that is my favorite joke in the movie which is um she goes to get a banana to practice yeah. on and then there's a whole bit where her dad is like i, I thought you hated bananas like i wrote down in my phone because you told me you hated <laughs> and then she and- like she just like flawlessly gaslights him. It's like, no, I like bananas. And then as soon as she like tries to eat it and can't force it down, she just throws the banana. It's like, fine, I don't like bananas. Ted's just yeah. like, what the fuck? But then the, the the bit that really got me, like the button on that scene, is right after that. She's she googles objects that are shaped like bananas. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. There's also a lot of just really good like supporting character turns in this movie. Like um, the dad, obviously, the scene at the bonfire is genuinely like you said it's like the best scene in the movie generally it's very touching and it would be really easy to make a scene like that that is really like kind of saccharine but like i don't know she he it's it's part because josh hamilton is like a fucking just like wizard at this like he is he sells the fuck out of this but also it's delivered it's it comes after like enough like really honest teenage awkwardness and it it I don't know. It's difficult to put into words why this works. I can imagine a version of it that's like 5% different that would make me insanely mad. But I think it's ju- just messy enough that I think it, it gets it right. But that scene is really great. But also, like, her senior shadow, basically, is a really great, like, performance in part because yeah. you expect her to turn mean or whatever, but she never is. She's just, like, a very nice girl. <laughs> who's She's just, very like, aggressively nice, which is a type yeah. of, like... A character archetype that you don't see a lot of someone who's just like really loud and talks really fast, but is genuinely yeah. friendly. Yes. Yeah. And that's a real, I think that's what makes it work. Like there was parts of me, it's like, there's no senior who would take this much of a chance on an eighth grader. I'm like, oh no, this girl a hundred percent would. Yeah. She's, she's <laughs> so aggressively nice. She a hundred percent would. And, um, I don't know her, her love, int- both of her love interests, both the, uh, 
the sleazy one who's like, yeah, you give blowjobs and the dorky one are both very, very charming. Um, the one <laughs> there is a great bit throughout the movie where like the guy she's into walks around and it's just like a 13 year old walking around looking stupid, but they'll play like a synth line <laughs> over it. Like it's like fucking fast times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> it's it's a re- it's a really good recurring joke. Her dorky boyfriend, I I uh, I had trouble watching his scenes because uh, uh, I related to that character. Too much. <laughs> he behaved almost the exact same way I did in middle school and high school. Awesome. Like, I was like, I was like, man, I fucking hate this so much. <laughs> a friend of mine like showed sent me a photo of like this is literally just you, and I'm like, I'm I will kill you. I swear <laughs> to God, I hate you. Um, which, by the way, funny anecdote. There was a Q&A with Elsie Fisher after the movie. Someone asked what the hardest scene to film was. It was not the truth or dare scene. She said the hardest one to film was the Rick and Morty scene. She said... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, that is the, one of those scenes that's just, like, bone-chillingly realistic, where you just yeah. you do have to give it to him on a certain level. Yeah, no. Honestly, I got it. This is, this is the worst sentence I'm ever going to fucking say. There's a really good use of memes in this movie, because... <laughs> They're used in the same way that middle schoolers do, where they just kind of throw them out randomly. And, mm-hmm. you know, and like the part in the, the I think this has actually aged better with time because now that no one says these things anymore, it's like it just kind of like feels like a non sequitur. But the part where they're doing the active shooter drill and just some kid shouts, LeBron James is yeah. <laughs> that like that. That took me back, honestly. <laughs> that really did. Um it rem- it took me back to when in uh in middle school uh I think Ken Burns was talking at our school and <laughs> <laughs> we <Okay>. we kept <laughs> we kept fucking clapping at everything he said like he got on stage we gave him a round of applause and then he would like say something and then we would just applaud again and we kept doing that until the teachers had to get involved <laughs> and make us stop pretty good pretty yeah. good bit no (laughs) yeah but the stuff like that is is essential just like evil middle school behavior this was high school but i I remember this teacher that we had went on a long rant about like how holistic medicine is better than traditional medicine especially for like you know indigenous people or whatever it's like oh they should use their own medicine and then this kid just looks her dead in the eye and said that is the stupidest thing i've ever heard <laughs> I don't know how he survived. <laughs> no, middle schoolers are fucking evil, but it, yeah. it, it 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 gets it in a way that doesn't feel condescending. Um I also do like the scene where they're in sex ed and there's the sex ed video playing in the background and it's like uh it's like uh we're talking about sex ed and they do it in this very uh Set like they say, sex ed is lit or whatever in that mm-hmm. very like kind of annoying teacher way. Or fuck, just the part where the teacher like the principal dabs just randomly is again. I just cracked up at that because that is something that like a trying too hard to be uh, hip with the kids principal would do. Yeah, I mean the, the the thing with me in scenes like that is like every time one of those things would happen, I would just flash back and remember that Bo Burnham was like almost 30 when he made this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, Bo, that's, that's you. Like, yeah. You know what I well, mean? <laughs> yeah. He should have played the principal. Honestly, I think that yeah. would have, that would have made it a bit more clear, but he should have I played mean- the band teacher with the insanely long rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Actually bit that killed me. Also, 
um, when they're playing the Star Spangled Banner in band and it just sounds like shit. Like they don't <laughs> call too much attention to it, but it just sounds off in that way every fucking um every fucking middle school band does. Oh yeah. man, I I don't know. There's a lot of really really good bits throughout this movie. Um, I I also God that fucking pool party scene that just hurt my soul. Like the fucking <laughs> like some of the details in that. Like I I felt transported back to the worst days of my life. Seeing the Doritos <laughs> in the pool. Like oh my ah. god, dude, fuck. Ugh. I I, I it, it it it's very it's I don't know this I. I've gushed about this movie. It's got a lot of really funny bits, and it's got a lot of dead-on, super accurate stuff. And I think Esther, who doesn't like this movie as much as me, would agree with both of those things. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. There's. This is not a terrible movie. I don't think yeah. it's very good, but, like, it is probably the best thing I've seen from Bo Burnham. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the problem, since I do have a yeah. couple. Um. Okay, so for starters... Uh, you can tell that he read Sidney Lumet's book. Um, you can also tell that he wrote, uh, he probably read Save the Cat or something because there is a structuring device in this movie involving Kayla giving speeches to like her, like photo booth, basically making vlogs. And those are used to sort of like to demarcate certain points in like her story arc. Those are, um, to put it bluntly, a bit much like, yep. You don't need her talking about like, hey guys, so today I'm going to ba- talk about being confident over a scene of her not being confident or something. Like it, God, it it reeks of like, you know, like screenwriting class bullshit. And it's it's definitely one of the most frustrating and irritating parts of the movie for me. Yeah, it's it's not like great as a framing device. It's way too on the nose, but it's also reflective of like, just the movie's attitude again it's it's the social media thing of like this movie is about how uh you're fake online and you're not yeah. your real self um which is you know f- a fucking stupid idea <laughs> um it's like it's not not that it's not hitting on something that is kind of vaguely generally true but just the way that this movie depicts like Like, the way that it lingers on how, oh, look at all the Snapchat filters she's using. Like, she's being so fake, she's not being her true self. Um, It's just so, it's just stupid. Like, it's really stupid and in a way that is meant to appeal to people who think they're really smart and know, like, oh, wow, the internet's bad because people are, like, uh, pretending to be something they're not. It's like, I, I don't think that's why the internet's bad. I think it's probably fine if you put a Snapchat filter on and you like, yes, you know, use the internet to explore a version of yourself that you, you know, can't it's, be in your real life. It's probably better to use the internet as someone who is not entirely yourself. We've talked about Literally, this on the yeah. Lindsay Ellis episodes before, but being yourself online is kind of it. Kind of sucks. It be, yeah. you should you should not be yourself in front of that many people. Be yourself to your friends. Be be whatever fucking weird piece of shit you want to be to a general like a general population. They they like we we were not I hate to use the oh we were evolved argument, but I don't think humans were meant to be themselves in front of thousands if not millions of people. And mm-hmm. I think when people do that they go completely fucking insane. So Yeah. 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 No. Put on as many fucking Snapchat filters as you want. Who gives a shit? It's it's completely normal to, like, present yourself a certain way 
to other people in a way that will like make social situations more frictionless. Like everyone in history has lied about having seen a movie to their coworkers because either they haven't seen it or they don't want to admit that they didn't like it. Like everyone in human history has done that because it's just like, sometimes you lie about something you think so that you won't have to get into a fucking argument with the person you're working with over something stupid for no reason. Yeah, literally. Oh man. I, um, no, but the framing device thing is quite a lot. It, 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 it really, like, especially because, like, it really almost, like, kneecaps, like, you know, any attempts at, like, making, like, a good, honest observation. Like, obviously, the stuff where she kind of just, like, you know, just dives in head first and puts herself out there, like, you could be like, okay, yeah, there are times where you, as a kid, you do need to, like, or when you're a teenager, if you're a quiet teenager, you do just need to, like, take the plunge and really risk embarrassing yourself and it not going over well because if you don't then you're just going to be a fucking 24 year old who thinks all their friends hate him but mm-hmm. um by undergirding it with all this stuff it just becomes like unbearable like oh man good jesus fucking christ like you really gotta like tone this down yeah. um so yeah no there is a lot of this there is a there is a scene about two-thirds of the way through this movie that when I saw it in a theater, I thought was pretty brilliant, and now I have a lot of reservations about it because it feels like the movie cashing it. It make uh, it feels like the movie essentially writing a check it can't cash, and that is the truth or dare scene. Um, so uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's a very if you've seen like Lady Bird or whatever, it's like the same fucking movie. It's it's the same <laughs> movie as every coming of age movie. Honestly, honestly. Fuck it, this movie's better than Lady Bird. I'm just gonna say it. Lady Bird's a fucking indie wire ass movie. And um, This movie's not better than Lady Bird. Absolutely no, not. No, Lady Bird Lady Bird's a fucking nothing of a movie. Lady Bird has more than one good f- performance for starters. Oh Lady No, Lady this has what the fuck are you talking about? The, this one's best good performances. We were talking about how great some of the supporting well, the cast dad, is. The dad is good, Elsie Fisher is good in the way that like this she's clearly just playing herself. Like, yeah. you know, no disrespect. That's fine, you know, but Yeah, it works, but yeah. yeah. No, it um no, I'm 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 kind of grouchy about Lady Bird because 36-year-old men were like this is this movie is everything and it's like This no, movie it's... made me wish I was a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. That's I, yeah, I, well, you know, one thing I'll say about 8th grade, 36-year-old men will never watch this movie and say I this made me wish I was a teenage girl. Yeah, also this movie, I mean <laughs> This movie's and nothing in this movie. Not even the um, you know, the videos in this movie. They're not. They're still more subtle than the ending of Lady Bird, where she calls her mom. That that God, fuck that bullshit. <laughs> uh, uh, but no. Um, there's a scene in this movie, and it's the one like major pivot it makes away from um the formula where she hangs out with like these high schoolers because her shadow's like, oh yeah, come and hang out with us, and it's like okay. And that goes about as expected. Like, they're not mean to her. It's just kind of awkward since she's, like, a lot younger and is, like, kind of finding her footing. But it goes fine. Um, But then uh, she gets kind of stuck in the car alone with one of the high school friends. And the high school friend starts play like, asks her to play truth or dare with her and kind of, like, starts to try to coerce her into doing sexual things. Mm -hmm. And she's not comfortable with that. The way the scene escalates, I'll say, is really good. Like, the way he kind of, like... Like, the high schooler is playing it, like, half-jokingly the entire time. Like, the way he's like, ha-ha, I'm so, um, 
I'm so fucking, uh, I'm so like, uh, oh man, this is so crazy for me too, or whatever, where he's like, per, like, just like doing like insane levels of manipulation on her. Mm-hmm. I just think that, okay, so for starters, the thing is, is that the way this scene is escalating, it, it feels like it kind of has to lead to, like the way it's written, it feels like it has to build up to something that Bo Burnham cannot put in this movie. And yeah. I'm not I am not at all asking that he put a fucking like, you know, sexual assault in this movie or rape at all. I'm not even suggesting that in real life like it would necessarily lead to that, but the way it is written and structured and the way it just kind of stops dead when she says I'm not comfortable doing this, it feels like the movie kind of wants to put its toes into something a lot darker but can't quite doesn't want to like go all the way there because then it would ruin the movie. I don't know. It, it it there needs to be like a really dark scene in the movie to kind of make the scene with her dad by the fire like work, but at the same time when you add this level of danger to the movie, it it feels like the entire like the entire rest of the movie needs to be like bouncing off of this one scene if you're going to yeah. do that. Like it needs to like 100%. Com- it needs to like if you want to put this scene in this movie as is, as written. Even if you don't want to like get like as dark with it, which I think is the right call. I don't need like a coming of age movie, like the funny coming of age movie, to have like you know a graphic like sexual assault scene in it. But I will say that if you're going to put this in the movie, you need to have like more reverberations afterwards. Basically, like the entire rest of the movie really needs to be like the shockwaves from this one scene, and it is not. Yeah, I mean, it's like, this is obviously a kind of a visionette movie, right? It's like a series of events in this girl's life that don't really have a plot attached necessarily. But this does feel like, this, like you say, this should not just be one more thing that happened in this movie. Like, it is is definitely Bo Burnham, like, poking into territory that he is super not equipped to handle. And instead of just not getting into it he decides to sort of you know like you say dip his toe in the water as if to say like you know okay we have to comment about this and then just back out and like kind of not not pretend it never happened but like like you say if they had cut that scene like she could have been embarrassed crying home with her dad about anything anything else that happened in the movie and it is the climax of the movie it's the culmination of everything that's happened but like you're right that it needed to be like if you're gonna if you're gonna go there and like actually yeah. talk about that, then you gotta like do it. You gotta actually do it in a way that Frank like Bo Burnham should not. To be clear, yeah, no, hundred <laughs> like, percent. But yeah, but um, I mean, it, speaking of Bo Burnham products about sexual assault, this certainly the handles thing. it a lot better than Promising Young Woman. Thinking the same <laughs> thing. It was. I gotta say, you take fucking. Eighth grade or promising young woman, I eighth grade every fucking time. Jesus how, Christ! How 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 incredible would it have been if eighth grade had had the same ending as promising young woman, <laughs> where it's like everything's going to work out great yeah. for me. Um, if she had died at the end of eighth grade, that would have been really funny. <laughs> She's sending a text to her dad, like she has like a program text sent to her dad or whatever. It says, Jesus "Shut up, Christ. leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> god um 
Or alternately, imagine if the promising young woman girl had like little vlogs she did. Like it's like, hey guys, it's me. So uh, I'm 33 years old now. <laughs> I still live with my parents. Uh, I met this nice guy at a bougie cafe. Uh, my boss, Laverne Cox, is so crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, but, oh God. Uh, fucking, yeah. It. I feel like in order for this scene to work, it has to be like, it's like you said, either the rest of the movie needs to be kind of like a reverberation from it or like I feel like it needs to be like maybe like 15% less scary. Like I feel mm -hmm. like if maybe there was like – if maybe if there was like an ambiguity as to whether or not this guy was actually putting moves on her or if there's like – if he's just being a fucking dumb high schooler. Like if there's like a – if he makes her uncomfortable but doesn't, like, go all the way to, like, trying to get her to have sex with her, I think maybe this could work. Yeah, I, I feel know. that, actually. I think, like, there's a better version of the scene that is more about, like, the scary ambiguity about being yeah. around older kids that is, like, not not explicitly sexual, but just, like, yeah, when you're that age and you're hanging around high schoolers, it's, like... And, and yeah. he gets Especially at some of that school, in the high school guy. Yeah, in the scene at the mall, he gets at that of like she is clearly like doesn't get what they're talking about. Uh, really is scared to join in on the conversation. Like that that is in the movie, but I think it would have been it probably would have made more sense to like extend that and kind of comment on that than like you know yeah get a little bit into sort of the dark undercurrent of what that is. Yeah, since I, 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 I think, again, it is very, it is like, it's not something the movie is equipped to talk about. The scene, the scene where she has an extended bit about practicing blowjobs on a banana isn't the same movie that can really handle, like, it isn't built to, unless you are making, like, a really, really experimental movie where, like, it's a complete gear shift halfway through, like, fucking something wild or something. It, it, it doesn't. It can't, it's, this movie doesn't have the structural integrity to deal with sexual assault, basically. Yeah. I still think the scene in a vacuum is very well written. Like, I think, again, the way the high schooler kind of escalates it and the way after she shuts him down, since, like, I'm not saying in real life every single time this would lead to sexual assault. This like, there, there are a lot of skeevy men out there who will draw the line at rape, but then get into, like, coercive stuff like this, but... I, I think that the way that afterwards he's kind of like guilt tripping her, it's like, this was for you, not me. I think that's very kind of, that's pretty accurate, but it's just, it doesn't belong in this movie. It doesn't like, yeah. it really doesn't it, like it, 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 like the movie can't deal with this and it does make the fucking scene with her father hit a lot harder, which, you know, fair enough, but it also does make the kind of happy ending this movie has feel a little bit more phony because, you know, again, she just kind of, like, you know, looked into, like, how horrifying, like, the teenage to adult life can be. And then having her go, like, you know, maybe things will work out. Maybe there won't. That's okay. I don't know. It it, it makes it seem a little more phony. Um, the film critic uh, Vadim Rizov said that, like, one of the main problems with this movie is that it suggests that if you keep being authentically yourself, no matter what, things will work out for you. Which is just something that's just plain not true, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and as it's also like this what the movie considers like being herself is like Yeah. There is definite subtext here of like every time she sort of reaches out toward maturity, she kind of like is thrown back or 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 runs away. 
Um, and the conclusion with the uh, kind of nerdy kid is like, see, like you should be hanging out with like kids who are immature and like goofy and aren't like, you know, maybe like aren't growing up faster, basically. And I just think it's kind of a weird moral like this. I don't know. I don't I don't buy it. I think it's I think it's weird that this movie ends with basically the message of like, you know, you should just just be a kid, you know, uh, when it should be like a movie about, hey, you're growing up like there. This is a movie about the things you face when you're growing up. Honestly, I'm thinking maybe um, I feel like the scene with her dad at the fire, not the last scene, but I feel like it should be like the penultimate scene almost like it really should be like the kind of like closing thought of the movie and then maybe one more thing maybe you can have the pickle rick scene after that or something (laughs) but yeah i don't know it uh i think you're right i think this movie is also i think general i think generally what you might be describing is i think this movie just doesn't really have a ton of a perspective on growing up and being a kid and social media in general like i feel like the reason why we have different takeaways about this stuff is because the movie just doesn't really have a perspective on any of this stuff to begin with it's kind of just like Hmm. yep this exists. So there's bad things about it. It's crazy. Wow. And yeah, you, you and can again, kinda... it's, it's it's coming from this like much more adult person. Like the internet when Bo Burnham was coming up was, and, and when I like when I'm closer to Bo Burnham's age than I am to your or the character's age. But like, it yeah. was so wildly different. Social media was so it was like a different yeah. universe. Um, well, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I got I got both of those worlds because I started using like Facebook when I was in middle school and then I got like by the time I was in high school it was like Kayla's world with Snapchat and Instagram and shit. Yeah. I mean and, yeah, like yeah. Snapchat and Instagram didn't exist when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, no. It, oh my god, dude. Uh, deleting Snapchat off my phone was one of like that was what that was the first time I felt like an adult where I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I can just not pay attention to this. Yeah. I don't have to see what the most annoying girl from my high school is up to right now. I can just delete this app and move on yeah and yeah <laughs> then then you re- yeah. then years later you start looking at instagram stories and it's like damn i'm ever ah uh, fuck yeah no i think i deleted instagram off my phone too because it's all just good for you photos. yeah no, it, mostly because it's boring not because i think i'm too good for it i just need to make that clear mostly no, yeah <laughs> mo- mostly because it's just high school friends just being like me and me and Erica at the store today or something. I'm just like, it's, it's high school friends talking like disturbingly like influencers. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's kind of genuinely unsettling sometimes. It's like someone who, you know, who like at one point in your life was a person and a human being. And they're talking yeah. about like, um, here's how I learned how to be strong and change yeah. my makeup brand. That is, I think that's like the one place where being, not being yourself online is kind of fucked when you feel the need, like, Obviously, like, you know, kind of distancing your inner life from online is good. But, like, the way people, just regular people feel the need to act like influencers online. It's is, fucking weird. That is when it gets like, okay, maybe you should be yourself yeah. or something. <laughs> when, when, people, when people are like, you know, just like talking, just like, you know, I, you know, I just love God so much. I love growing as a person, you know, my spiritual. I'm feeling really spiritual these days, you know. It's just all about the mindset. Just shit like that. It's like... You're a dude I played like soccer with. Like, you're, <laughs> just some, you're just some guy who was on yeah. my like you know soccer team. You're not even you're... getting paid to post like this. What no, are you doing? no, not. You have 479 followers. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? 
Man, you have a locked Instagram account. Why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so no. That is the part where it's just like, dude, what the fuck is like? This is absolutely fucked. Um, yeah. And honestly, if Bo Burnham leaned into that more, if she was like, if she was trying to, she's trying to make like YouTube videos like he did, which which is weird. Um, but if she was like, if she was like an Instagram influencer, which to his credit, she's like. He's like kind of towing up to it with like these self-help videos, but like if he was a bit more blunt about it, it's like this is about like weird influencer culture, basically. Maybe I would have been more forgiving. I don't know. If she I, was like actually good at the self-help, if she was like, if they were like really well produced and she had like a lot of camera presence, yeah. Um, but the rest of the movie was the same, then that would have been like much clearer commentary. But like the vlogs yeah. are just you know obviously there's the very on the nose contrast of what she's saying and what she's doing but she's just like herself like her presentation the way she's presenting herself is exactly the same way she does in real life so it's like is she pretending to be someone she's not or is she very clearly just the same person she always is yeah no a hundred percent a hundred percent um i will say that i do like i, I did kind of chuckle at like them having like seven views two views yeah <laughs> because that's just like a classic like fucking youtube teenager thing to be like i'm gonna upload a video of me playing minecraft and then it gets like three views yeah no that's that's absolutely like i did that shit in like 2008 um and it would made me really excited when i got a comment from someone being like this is stupid um yeah uh i don't know i don't have anything else to say about this movie i issued a lot of criticisms for it but i stand by quite liking it a lot um you know 2018 is a really strong year for movies looking back at it so maybe it'll be on my top 10 list maybe it won't but i honestly still really like this movie and i was cackling like a hyena to myself seeing that fucking you didn't load this movie <laughs> seeing that you didn't load it i was like <laughs> yeah. No, she knows you where have I'm coming one. from. She knows where I'm fucking coming from now. <laughs> ah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. No. Um no, I and I I guess all the strongest points of this movie are really that Bo Burnham's a really good joke writer. And if I if I had I hope that he uses more of his talents into writing screenplays like this than making stand-up specials. I I think it's a better use of his talents, really. Yeah. Bad news, like a week ago, he won a fucking Grammy for something from inside, so never gonna happen again. That's just yeah. what he's gonna do from now on. My life is so fucked because I'm famous. I have a giant house yeah. in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Bo Burna. Oh. I'm gonna sing a five and a half minute acoustic guitar song about climate change. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, um, so that's a wrap for season two of Get Cynical. Oh. Um, we're done. We're it's fucking over. out of we're out of the we're out of the woods. Uh, this has been an experience to say the least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I uh, yeah. We, I mean, we're well. We're gonna take a little break before season three. Um, we're gonna take a we're gonna take um take a little break for season three. Let Esther finish up grad school. Let me finish up uh, uh, middle school and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but we have something in the can for season three. We're also we are going to be doing a bunch of uh, on some Patreon. I don't. I'm, I'm still working out the details of it, but there will be some premium episodes where we talk about Bo Burnham Inside, but also like Annoying Orange Adventures, uh, that horror movie <laughs> Smiley, um, a bunch of stuff. So look forward. It's to never that. gonna fucking end. Season two never ends. 
There's I it literally I like every single week I'll like discover a new thing. I'm like, oh, we could talk about that for Get Cynical season two. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> we gotta go back to Doug at some point. I miss him so much. We I should. miss him. We need we need some we need more Doug back in our lives. We're, we're but, really uh, gonna fucking miss him during season three. <laughs> yeah. Um season three. We're going back to talking about one person in season mm-hmm. three. But um yeah, that's gonna be a fun little. That's uh, gonna be a fun little helicopter ride uh, of sorts. So, I'll catch you all next time on Get Cynical season three. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.